no chance. What's up, everybody? Episode 67 of the No Chance Podcast. As always, your host, Ryan. And <laughs> I like the little delay response. Sorry, I'm turning Nate on the high chew right now. It's kind of busy right now, man. You got yeah. a lot of other things going on. But I wanted to say thank you to everybody that's been listening, man. We've had a big year, big fucking year for our first year. Tons of listens, a ton, a ton, tons of supporters. Sorry, I'm, I'm babbling my words right now. But yeah, tons of listens, tons of supporters. And we want to say thank you to each and every one of you. Thank you to everybody that's copped a t-shirt, man. We've had a couple overseas purchases a couple domestic within the country purchases and i mean any support is is very much appreciated we actually in this episode we have a very special guest go ahead and say hello special guest hello you all know that familiar voice that is melanie she is friend family of the podcast she's been supporting us since day one and it's very nice to have her on and she's going to spit some hype beast streetwear shit with us and it's going to be a lot of fun for this episode and we have a very great episode to talk about we have a lot of good topics we're going to be talking about gosha i know you guys have been wanting to hear about gosha we're going to talk about talk about fake supreme and their collaboration with samsung and we're going to talk about a little bit of, about jonah hill but before we get into that we like to shoot the shit and we like to shoot off a couple of topics that you know may be relevant to a lot of you listeners and may not but i think it's important to cover more of the um relevant topics within the uh streetwear industry so first and foremost i want to talk about let's talk about fear of god right not a lot of people know about the brand fear of god maybe if you were like a big fan of like PacSun 2010 Fear of God when they released like the first high fashion-y type of streetwear in like a very affordable location. Um, Jerry Lorenzo, probably one of the more influential um, creators in our in our pastime within the high fashion streetwear world, released a collaboration with Nike, which is, I mean... Everybody gets collaboration with Nike nowadays, to be honest. Out left and right but Fear of God is a very reputable company. They're very, um, they're on the pedestal of being that of fashion and function put together at a very affordable price for that of people that want to be a part of that, you know, that sort of niche group. But Fear of God and Jerry Lorenzo released a Nike collaboration and created a basketball shoe. And you talked about it last episode, Nate, about basketball fashion basketball sportswear being the new thing what do you think about this collaboration off top initial take um i mean i'm not like the biggest fan of it i don't think it's horrible. And neither am i yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah i don't think it's horrible but at the same time am i gonna go out and get it like i say with every drop probably not yes of course <laughs> melanie what do you think it's interesting how it's a basketball shoe, but I mean, if it sells, it sells. Like, I know resale is super high right now, so everyone's probably going to cop just to flip. But, I mean, PJ Tucker wore it on court, so they looked cool on feet, but personally, like, as, like, someone who is a fan of the sport, I wouldn't cop it. And that's typically the, like, first impression of, like, a lot of basketball shoes, or, like, releases with collaborations within, like, the streetwear industry is, like, oh, like, it's a collaboration with a notable person. It's probably going to resell for a little bit of money, but what impact does it really make on streetwear? Now, Jerry Lorenzo does this really great thing of, you know, being that guy who's like technically on the same pedestal as a Virgil, but not necessarily like maximizing his full potential. He does a lot of innovative shit, a lot of things that we need within the streetwear industry, but he doesn't like to stretch beyond that. He doesn't want to overdo that of his like, he doesn't want to overstay his welcome, essentially, yeah. within yeah. W- what we're doing. Um, but I appreciate what he's doing. I can't hate on the guy. I don't really. He's still a, like a very mysterious dude within the in the, within the industry. He just recently did like a sneaker shopping with like Joe Lapuma on Complex. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, he's still like that dude who just like does collaborations under this brand name, and for the most part, like that's it. You know, and that's I mean, who he is. Yeah. yeah, that's literally all he does. So for the next one, let's talk about a guy who's always in the spotlight within the streetwear industry. And let's talk about um, Ronnie Feig 
And within this Kith and Levi's collaboration, probably one of my personal favorites just because of how it was executed. But Kith and Levi's doesn't have to be, be very explained at all because we all know like sort of translation of what that's turned into. But Levi jeans, uh, laser engraved with Kith logos. How do we feel about that? I, for one, am not like the biggest fan of Kith. I remember like back in, I don't know, like maybe three, four years ago, like maybe 2014 when Kith, like in-house Kith products were like huge. Huge. Um, when you like, you know, I haven't even seen the collaboration to be quite honest, but when you say Kith and Levi's, I already have an idea of what it's going to look like. I'm like, okay, yeah. it's like light blue jeans and then it has like the Kith logo, like text on You don't on expect it. anything above what you th- like w- over and, and beyond. Well, I think it's... I, I think Kith has such a particular aesthetic. Like each collection looks fairly similar. Like they have a very strong identity for yes. better or for worse. And that True. like when you when you hear someone say Kith, you're like, okay, like I automatically like conjure up a mental picture of what Kith is. You know, I believe that, and that's true. I mean, Kith has its it's it it almost puts itself in a box. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they do outlandish shit to a certain extent. But you always know what a Kith collaboration looks like, and you never look at it and and think to yourself, "That's not them," or yeah. "Why are they doing too much?" You know, yeah. they they always fill the medium of just like they're perfectly right smack dab in the middle, yeah. and it's a good place to be. But it's also it's detrimental to the brand as well because you always expect Kith to just like do enough to get them over the top to yeah. be like that collaboration. And I think, and it, you know, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. No, I think not like at all. If you yeah. find your lane, like, okay, then you stay in it. Great. Of like not everybody's going to gravitate towards it. Like me, for instance, but you know, like if it works for you, then it works for you. you I know? would say that too. Like I've never gravitated towards like Kith collaborations ever. Obviously, like we talked about it in previous episodes where they did collaborations with brands that we weren't really messing with right like new balance and puma and all these other brands and we just look at them as like that is a great piece of work but that's not something for ourselves exactly and that that makes a hundred hundred percent it's just it just makes sense um okay on to the next one because we we created a whole episode based around this dude and it's gotten to a point where it's just gone out of control yeah right jonah hill in a recent um, on TV interview basically explains that his next move within the industry is in the world of clothing. Now, um, mid-90s director, right? GQ Man of the Year. Um, star of Netflix series. Star Maniac. of Netflix. Yeah. Star of everything. Streetwear connoisseur. You know, inspiration to that of the new millennials. What? And I'm sorry, but... We support Jonah Hill to a certain extent, but to think that this man can dive into the cl- clothing industry or to think that he has an input into the world of streetwear or high fashion is just beyond myself. I'm sorry. I cannot agree with that. I mean, I can see it to some extent. Like, you know, he is to some like a very stylish person, so I would see where they would want his input, but I don't think that he necessarily, I don't know. It's, to be fair, like, of course, like, I don't know Jonah Hill. It'd be great if I did, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it would be awesome if um, we did. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a very, like, aw- like a great dude, you know? Of course, but, yeah. I mean, uh, to me, it's it just seems like sort of capitalizing on him being in, like, the limelight for so long or him being in the limelight, like, recently, you know? Yeah. And, and no hate. Like, I'm sure he's capable of doing great things, but it's part of me wants, like, wants more. Like, why... You know, like he's got what, putting on a pedestal a lot faster than a lot of people in this industry have ever and, gotten. And to. you know what it is? I think it's it's just he's such an unexpected character in like this industry, and that kind of propelled him even further. And it's yeah. our fault. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's completely our fault. I mean, not us personally, but that of the industry, that of the culture, to say like this is the fashion icon for us. He is the representative of that of streetwear. He's wearing Palace. He's wearing Supreme. He's wearing this and this and that. And we give him that recognition to be like, okay, like now Jonah Hill is the style icon, which to be honest, if you watch his interviews, if you watch about, if you listen to what he says about 
you know, his outfits and what he wears. He does not give a shit. He dresses himself. He does not think about what it is that he's trying to do fashion wise or or how he represents himself in the street or industry, whatever. So I, I'm not personally going to give him that credit, but I do respect the fact that he is that person for us. Yeah, because I mean, him better than anybody else, to be honest, like Joan Hill's cool. He's funny. He's a great comedian. He's a great actor. Obviously all around like direct, a nice all dude. around great dude yeah. but in 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 regards to like creating clothing streetwear line fashion line whatever it's not something that i'm looking to buy well i mean like i'm him. i'm interested in in seeing what like sort of things he brings to the table yeah. you know because he kind of has like a high bar he said oh, kind of a high so bar for high. himself you know so high yeah so it'll be interesting to see what and he, he did to the table. a recent uh, adidas collaboration with footwear not to say that that was anything over the top at all like if you looked at uh, somebody, I want to put put this in the same realm of like an actor, but like a Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Like an yeah. entrepreneur does a collaboration with K Swiss. Is this on the same, like on the same level as that of like a collaboration with Jonah Hill and Adidas? Like it's like it's cool that you guys are doing a collaboration, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be some sort of like innovative material or crazy thinking of like how shoes are made. Yeah, it's not gonna push, you know for lack of a better term, like the culture forward significantly, exactly, right? significantly. And that's what we expect as sort of like um, people who are, are, we're considered sponges to this industry of like, we want to see a collaboration. We want it to be innovative and new. We want to take that in. We want to be able to see people, you know, make different things. But like when in, entrepreneurs and actors and people who just want a fucking collaboration, make a shoe, it's, it's just a shoe. It's not pushing anything, any, anywhere forward. Yeah. Like we're, at this point, I, I think we can all agree we're kind of tired of random ass collaborations that make no sense. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I feel yeah. like honestly, like the way like us as a generation is pushing him is kind of like he's like spearheading this whole like fast fashion meets streetwear type of vibe. You know, he's capitalizing on his fame and so are the brands. So, of course, like people want to see him do shit, but also like a collab might have been better for his sense. Like, instead of him making a whole, like, brand about him, like, just having, like, a palace collab, people would eat that, you know? So I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but, I, you know, money will generate from it. Oh, yeah, but of course. But like, because of how, like, Generation is, like, it would have been better to just see a collab or a collection from him, and then that would be it. And collaborations have always made sense to us. Like, in the past, like, we see a collaboration with this skate shop or collaboration with this brand and we think to ourselves that makes sense mm -hmm. like that is new that is innovative that is going to push the next brand that wants to collaborate with you guys into another realm of like you guys are doing this with this material this with this shoe crazy like crazy shit but like for some reason when influencers and when entertainers and when actors decide to do collaborations with sneaker brands it's never anything captivating at least yeah. to myself. Yeah, I agree. Because we don't fit their aesthetic. Yeah. So it's like, can we really, do we want to wear this shoe? Yeah. You know, look at Pharrell. Like, do you want to wear For, No, but Pharrell, I, I would say with Pharrell, it's a different, it's a different scope, right? Like Pharrell creates human, are they, they're not racers, right? No. no uh, the, what are they, what is, uh, what's NMDs. the shoe called? NMDs. Human NMDs to like represent that of something that Adidas has never done before. Like those HU whatever NMDs yeah. no, they're, yeah, were like races. over the top yeah. of like what Adidas has ever done. I think, I think it's because he holds a lot more cultural weight. There you go. Someone like, mm -hmm. you know, Jonah point. Hill. I mean, obviously like Jonah Hill has stolen like the spotlight in these past few months, year, whatever. But if you look at Pharrell's track record, he has a lot more weight <sighs> in the streetwear industry, in the... He's second to Kanye for sure. But I think we yeah, want like him he's definitely to be up like there. that though. Of course. Like we're forming him into this person, but... In reality, does he want to be that person? Like, is he that person for you mean, us? Uh, Pharrell or Jonah? Jonah Hill. I think he does. I think if he, if like, I mean, him releasing a, a um a movie based on a culture that he's always wanted to be a part of, and listening to his interviews and how he wants to represent that of hip hop hip hop culture and streetwear and skateboard culture, he wants to be such an integral influence of something that he's never really been a part of. So he wants to do what it takes to be a part of that, a sneaker release, a movie based off of a culture that he doesn't really know about. I'm not saying he's a culture vulture, but to a certain extent, he 
he wants to be a part of something that's really, really cool, but he's just never been a part of it from the get go. And it's, I mean, that's well, just, I mean, to be fair, like he's been, I mean, like he grew up in that area era and he's been like skateboarding and things yeah, like that. You yeah. Know? So I think he's definitely, he's definitely like experienced things like in that realm. And he's not like, for instance, someone who picked up a skateboard yesterday like talking yeah like, he may not be the things. dude skating and like going through the shit and yeah. like getting sponsored and all that stuff but i think that's like what uh, the the perspective i'm trying to imply on him is like he wishes he was he wishes he was able to sometimes maybe he wishes he was like the actors that he always talks about within his movie he wishes he was not kale he wishes he could rap he wishes he could be sponsored by supreme like but he does his best to to represent that within his like maybe his shoe collaboration yeah. or I think I think more so it. his role if you're going to like give him a role is yeah. that he's more of like an like he's telling the narrative of like these people yeah 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 he listens to their stories listens to their contexts and then brings it into his own experiences and makes it into whatever it is yeah exactly which exactly. i think is really cool um but I, I think there's always like a thing that we we despise is like that of people who are taking advantage of a culture that they don't necessarily are a part of and stuff yeah. like that. Like we we always hate on like culture vultures and stuff like that. So um, it's interesting to see like how he positions himself in this particular area, especially when he starts to collaborate with brands and release product, especially because we only know him really bef- as the guy from Superbad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, okay. Let's move on to the next one. We love Jonah Hill. No shade against Jonah Hill. Um, let's move on to the next conversation, which is a very, very interesting one, and that of something that we've talked about in previously previous episodes. And we try to go as long as we can without talking about the brand Supreme. But it's really hard because they are the forefront of streetwear. But we're not talking about the actual brand of Supreme in this case. Fake Supreme, and we'll get into a little bit more context about who Fake Supreme is, did a recent collaboration with Samsung. Yes, Samsung, the phone brand, the TV brand, whatever you want to call it. But Supreme, or what most people thought was Supreme, did a collaboration with Samsung to potentially release, what was it? Was it phones? Was the collaboration on electronics? Does anybody know? I don't think there's specifics as to what they I were going to I think it was just release. an overall collaboration. Yeah. Like yeah. Supreme in yeah. China. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, as all of you know or may may know, Supreme is not a. I, okay. Let me let me back up for a second. When you have a brand, when you have a logo, when you have a trademark, you have to get it copywritten, right? You have to own that of your name. You have to own that of your logo. You have to own that of your design. If you don't, then it is open for open use or free usage across that of literally everything, right? So countries like China, countries like Europe will take advantage of that of brands that don't copyright their own names and create businesses or areas of profit based off of that. So obviously, if you may or may not know, Supreme was never a trademark name. Obviously, the name Supreme is such a hard thing to trademark that it's a, it's, it's a word that's used everywhere, right? So you can't necessarily pinpoint that of this brand to, you know, be exclusive to only Supreme of New York. So a, <laughs> a company in China opened off of the name Supreme Europe, China? It was in Italy. It was in Italy? Yeah. A, con- <laughs> a group in Italy trademarked that of the name Supreme and created an actual brand based off it right yeah, it's like, called supreme italia supreme italia and it's based out of barletta we talked about um a store where was it there's it was an actual supreme store in spain a supreme <laughs> store in spain completely fake but an entire flagship store in spain where every piece of clothing had the supreme box logo or whatever mm-hmm. mark or advertised on it now this is such a clusterfuck of a story <laughs> to think that Samsung, which is probably one of the most reputable brands out here in the entire world, to collaborate with that, and they're probably doing it based off of clout, <laughs> but to collaborate with that of a company that is illegitimate <laughs> to the, the fullest extent. How do you... F- I don't even know where to start with this. <laughs> well, honestly, when I heard the headline... 
I was like, okay, what what is this? Like, you know, Supreme does ridiculous collabs. They do, always. But when I heard that it was Samsung China collabing with Supreme Italia, it's like, okay, this makes sense because China, like, so many bootleg products come from that country. Yeah. So that, it's like, okay, that makes sense. They're capitalizing on something that's fake because their country makes half of the fake stuff in the mm-hmm. whole world. They had a whole fake Yeezy store. That's, a, that's so, a fact. To them, I feel like it's not outlandish, but to us Americans, it's like, okay, what the hell? It's not Supreme New York, but it's going to generate, like, interest, so people are going to, like, put like their their time into like looking into it so i feel like as a marketing standpoint kind of smart but business not because it's like it's fake what are you doing is this even a real collab if i'm samsung i'm collaborating with anything that's hot right yeah supreme is definitely that of like a group of people that is part of my niche audience which is millennials that have smartphones that are tech savvy supreme fans are exactly that so i'm going to attach to them I don't know why the fuck that they would take an agreement with Supreme Italia. With is there nobody in that company that is has a fucking mind of their own to think like that's not really Supreme? I mean, they had a fake James Jevia, so that's true. You know, <laughs> like true. he was a uh, he was from Nigeria to too. Capitalize <laughs> on fake Supreme. That is what they're known for. Do you blame them? I feel like at this point, no. So you can't. You can't. And I mean, all credits due to whoever the fuck runs the European fucking branch of Samsung. But to be honest, like, if I just, there has to be people within these companies that just know culture. Yeah, for like, sure. You have to know, like, where things are placed within the realm of, like, what makes sense. And, this is just fucking it's 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 unexplainable. It's a PR mess. That's what it is. It completely is. You can't you can't be that reputable reputable of a company and invest yourself or even put together a strategy or a plan based off of a company that does not exist <laughs> or not even necessarily exist but does not is not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for Samsung to <laughs> obviously the Samsung collaboration makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Supreme has done collaborations with offset brands as Luden's fucking cough drops. <laughs> yeah. Right. They've done fucking Mophie. Mophie. <laughs> like companies that they, it, Samsung makes sense, right? They could do a phone based off a of Supreme collaboration. I wouldn't be mad at that. There's a lot of expansion for Supreme. Why not do that of a phone company that you could potentially sell more phones for? That would actually probably realistically Sell more phones than that of Apple yeah. if a Supreme box logo oh, was on real. it. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. And to think of it to that extent, I'm sorry, but whoever's at Samsung just does not know the culture. And I'm sorry, but you guys are fucking you guys stupid. Yeah, literally. And that's that's basic basically the premise of what it was. Like the 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 biggest scam ever. Like what I don't was it even like a legitimate there. collab though? Or was it, it was. It, potentially it was in the work. You have to go to a certain a certain distance to want to do a collaboration with a, another company, right? You have to explain your um your like product proposition. You have to explain like why this collaboration makes sense. You have to go through those communications before anything ever gets advertised out to the public, right? So they must have done something to the extent of like being that of that's stupid to be like, all right, well, I guess you guys really aren't supreme. So mm-hmm. what are we supposed to do now? <laughs> um, all right. Let's let's pause for a second. Because we've been talking about a lot of bullshit. A lot of good bullshit, though. A lot of good lot bullshit, of good bullshit right? A lot of good, good bullshit. But I know why you guys clicked on this episode to listen, right? You can see it in the title of this episode. You know what we're going to talk about. We kind of previewed it earlier in the week, but we want to talk about that of Gosha Rubchinsky, right? And let me provide you with a little bit of context first, because Gosha Gosha Rubchinsky, you may all know his brand as being like the, um, I want to call it the uh, postmodern Russian era streetwear of things you can't read on a t-shirt with designs of a country you've never been to. Interesting. 
by far one of the most interesting brands I've ever come across. Something that I've been personally interested in. Have you guys been personally interested in Gosha? Uh, it's yeah. interesting, right? Yeah. It's very interesting. I mean, it definitely it's definitely something different, something it's I haven't seen different. within like the realm of streetwear. Because yes. I think before Gosha, Russia to me wasn't even on the map exactly. in terms of like streetwear. Um, and you know, kind of in fashion in general, at least in my scope. But yes. I think he definitely brought something interesting and interesting to the table in capturing like like you said like that post-soviet like rebellious like teenage like shit you know yes Mm -hmm. so for those who don't do not know anything about gosha rubchinsky is that gosha rubchinsky is a designer born in moscow now moscow russia is a very 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 cold and depressing place and i'm just gonna put that as a preface for that of the, the for those who have never been there, yeah, I've and, seen James Bond, and maybe has seen James <laughs> Bond or that of any sort of documentary based around Russia. It is very cold. It is very depressing, and I know a lot of people from Russia would agree with that. But being a designer, born and raised in Moscow, going to design school, trying to put together an ideal of creating their own personal brand is what Gosha Rubchinsky did. And just a little bit of context of like who this man is, he's basically like a poor Virgil. Right, a Virgil who wanted to put together a clothing brand but didn't necessarily succeed. Didn't didn't necessarily have enough inventory to that to succeed or to fulfill that of any orders, and eventually falls off. That like a like a Pyrex or um, what was the other brand that Bintrill? Bintrill, right? A brand that you know uh, succeeded early on but definitely fall fell off, and then then again turned around and you know he turned into just a designer. Um, he basically transitions into that of his clothing brand, somewhat succeeding and getting picked up by the owner of Comme des Garcons and that of what's that Dover Street Market, Dover Street Market, and eventually gets uh, displayed in a lot of different showrooms and that of different uh, fashion weeks, and that's sort of how Gosha takes his claim to fame of being this, you know, um, brand new, energetic representation of an area that. I would say 99% of the world does not have any familiarity with, which is cold post-Soviet Russia. <laughs> and that is currently where this man stands. That is a little bit of backstory of who this man is. Now let's get into the current status of where this man lives. Everybody knows him for his Adidas collaborations, his amazing, I w- I'm going to call it amazing because I love his clothing. I love where he's taken streetwear into pushing it into this realm of athletic athleisure for one. Um, there's a bit of novelty in regards to, you know, a lot of us love to wear that of what we don't know, especially with cultures that we don't know. So wearing something that, you know, if there's a whole shirt that has Russian on it, we have no idea what it is, but it, iconography just looks amazing. I'm going to wear it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we can all agree on that. Like that is just it's intriguing to us. But and I'm it's hard to get in this conversation, but it's, it's a something really that, touchy subject. No pun intended. Touchy it is. it is. But this is something that we have to communicate about because we cover that of everything in the street where so whether it's a fuck up or a su- somebody succeeding is something that we have to cover. But Gosha Sandusky is somebody that has gotten themselves in a bit of a pickle. Again, no pun intended. Again, Again, no no pun intended. And for those that are, you know, quite educated with that of the streetwear industry, you probably know by now. But let's provide a little bit of context into why Gosha Sandusky is now the person that he is. Because for those who don't know, and this is something that everybody must live by, but the lie is more entertaining than that of the truth 100% of the time, whether or not it's true or not. But let's talk about this real quick. Gosha Rubchinsky, um, when it comes to that of their their shows, right? Their fashion shows, Mm -hmm. they put on fashion shows, et cetera. They like to recruit that of models, Mm -hmm. right? If we see a lot of their fashion shows, it's mostly males because a lot of it's athleisure, a lot of it's... um, they have a key look they're trying to push with exactly right like it's like um 
I don't even know what fashion models look like, but it's a very like distinct look, yeah. uh, very male dominated, etc. So they do recruiting through, and I have no idea why, but this is a definite HR red flag. They do it through Instagram DMs, <laughs> right? So they put out a message that no says, hey, are you interested in being a model in the, the Gosha show? Please DM us a picture of yourself, information about yourself, and we'll respond to see if you are suitable for our show, right? A young man of the age of 16 DMs Gosha, Gosha personally, and says, hey, I want to be a part of the show. He says, okay. Um, please send a picture of yourself. He says, okay, I'll send a picture of myself. That should be it, right? Traditionally, that is it. And I, I'm questioning again, why the fuck are you comp? <laughs> like, why the fuck are you DMing people in general through Instagram DMs? That is completely out of my realm. But the typical transaction looks like DM. I want to be a part of the show. I'm going to DM you. Okay, send me a headshot. Okay, I love your headshot. Okay, send me more pic. Send me more pictures. Gosha, oh, this is getting a little weird. Gosha, what are you doing? Gosha, stop. Go Gosha, Gosha, what are you doing? <laughs> send me more pic. Gosha Rupchinsky re requests that this little boy. And let me let me again say what was he? 16, 15? 16. 16 sends more pictures. Why would you need more pictures? Why would you need more pictures? I guess it depends on the context. I okay, mean, like, go ahead. Go ahead, Nate. I'm not... Okay, first of all. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll stick to it. No, I mean, because like... like and, Okay, first of all, the whole DM thing, that's kind of sus. It is. It is. First of all, let's get that out of the way. Definitely. But I think like if it was done on a more official scale, I don't think it would be wrong to request more pictures. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Email. For sure. Mainly email. Email. There's no other exception. <laughs> email through the the uh, the uh, email. I don't know. Like an yeah. official business email would have been appropriate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think just through DM was a little too personal. But from the from the DM, it turns into a WhatsApp message. Um, for those who don't know what's what. WhatsApp is. It's a messaging platform used by a lot of pedophiles and a lot of different random people. It's a very sus messaging system to just transition to. It's that of something that is non-traceable. I'm going to use that. Is it really? It's a very non-traceable okay. platform. For sure. So, hmm. Gosha, Gosha, Gosha. He messages this kid, 16 of age, about um, on WhatsApp and basically asks him, hey, send more pictures. Um, the kid says, hey, I can't send more pictures. I'm at school I'm with my parents. Specifically, he asked for shirtless photos. So shirtless photos of a 16-year-old only in boxes. Why would you need okay, yeah, that's gonna that? <laughs> okay, okay, let's get into it. Let's get into it. The tea is hot. Gosha, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. That's all I have to say. Yeah. It's unnecessary. To what extent do you need to know how good this kid's going to look in your clothing? He's walking down the aisle. He's head to toe in Gosha. What more do you need? Yeah, I think definitely pause on that, <laughs> first of all. You know, I think, like I said earlier, I think if it was done... I, you know, albeit asking for a photo of a 16-year-old just in their boxers is casting call or not is a little weird, you know? Um, I think if it were, like, if it was done through more official channels, it wouldn't have been. It was still fucking weird, but mm -hmm. definitely at least a little bit more official. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, man, it's the world we live in. It's weird. My personal intake on this is if... This was flipped, and it was someone, like, who was asking, like, a 16-year-old girl in high fashion to model. Oh, I my God. I feel like it would be swept under the rug. We are in a world. Really? Do you think so? We've think talked. So. No, no, no. Really? I don't think about I under the rug. Know. We've talked about this in numerous episodes. Me Too movement. 2018. Yeah. Sensitivity to the max. But Obviously, if it was a girl. If it was a girl, it'd be blown up to an even higher extent. I like, feel like it's the opposite. Really? Because high fashion, 
there's so many underage models in the industry already. There's probably so many Me Too stories we don't even know about. For sure. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, so, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like, imagine. Imagine if this was a girl. You think it would be blown up to this proportion? Hell yeah. Do you think he'd still be canceled? Hell yeah. Even more. I think, like, obviously the time and moment that we're in, Me Too, Time's Up, everything like that would be multiplied to... Oh my God! To an extent that streetwear had never seen before. Obviously, we've dealt with ASAP Bari and like the allegations towards him, and the cancel culture is so huge within streetwear now that any sort of fuck up is going to result into this, into this large news spectacle where whoever it is for whatever they've done is canceled for sure. In streetwear, it's a little bit different because we're all, we're gonna keep buying the clothes, right? Like if some people are gonna fall off from buying the clothes, that means it's more available to that of the people that just don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, with acting and like music, it's a little bit different, right? But within clothing, I feel like the sentiment is still there. I feel like cancel culture doesn't really work though. Like you hear Ooh, about- Ooh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Honestly, look at It's a good point. I mean, yeah. okay, just a disclaimer, like, you know, I'm a female. I'm not saying that like I'm, putting down people like who have been through things like I definitely agree like it's bad and like I don't I don't respect people who have put other people down but in the culture we're in I feel like yes me too movement makes sense but also like the way masculinity is like it's still not appreciated like women still aren't getting their say or getting their story out there properly. I, def I definitely agree with that. Agreed. I definitely agree with that. For sure. 100%. Cannot deny that. But do you think a young man of the age of 16 is going to get the same respect of that of a young girl at the age of 16? No, but in high fashion, like, it's different. The way they run things is different. How many more women models are there compared to men? That's true. You know, how young do they So does that mean the severity of that of a young boy means more than that of a young girl? I think so. Because look at how fast we canceled Gosha. That's true. You well, know, and then like look at all, like, look, okay, look at Brock Turner. All oh, of like the rapists. I'm sorry to get political here, but like. Provide some context for the people that don't know. Like, okay, Brock Turner, was he from Stanford? I think, yeah, yeah. he was Stanford a Stanford swimmer. swimmer. He, like, Stanford is in California. Yeah, Stanford in like the Silicon Valley area. Yes. He raped some girl a couple years ago, but he, he got off scot-free. You know, like there was just a lot of controversy because this woman, like she was just left for dead. She was raped, but people didn't believe her. But of course, like media and like whoever was like supporting him said, no, he is free. Like he is free to still continue to go to college. Like that culture is different, obviously, compared to streetwear. Yeah. But I'm still going to hold it to that. Whereas our people, people are still backing up Goshen. Of course. Yeah. People, there, there's a there's a bit of support because of, of people's like, there's this indication that for a lot of people, it's like until this this person is proven guilty then I'm going to consider them innocent. I and that's that's yeah. the sentiment that a lot of people should take because of the, there's a lot of false narratives and a lot of false news, which is essentially correct. But I think in regards to that of somebody who's actually proven guilty, as the story that you mm -hmm. presented, then they are fucking guilty. Like, yeah, so look, okay, look at Gosha. Like, there are receipts. Yes, there I are, know, I, I know. There was a second boy who came forward, so it's not just one. I day. know, and it's hard, but... Until it, 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 I know how crazy this sounds, but for a lot of people, and this is just a part of the canceled culture and false news culture, is that we cannot continue to agree that a person is guilty until until they are actually proven guilty. I'm sorry, that that's just how it is. Like and I, I feel like our culture is, I, it's and it's that's unfortunate. Why it's problematic. It's problematic. But that's why I bring it's up it's such only a hot problematic thing. if it's like. A systemic issue you know what i'm saying yes like I, I i think most people would agree that people shouldn't be guilty until they're actually proven guilty like, yes it's not a systemic but, problem no yes. but that's what i'm saying it, it is that's why it's like we can't have that without first fixing the problems in like the foundation of that you know right. and it's based okay. off of social media and a base based off of access to information right where once we see a headline of a story we're going to say that person's guilty, regardless if or not, if they go through the justice system and say, like, Jur jurors, okay, he's guilty. Okay, cool. Officially, 100%, he's guilty. That has no effect on what we have to say about anything yeah. because we're just going to say, like, oh, man, that's a very questionable action this dude just went through. Yeah. 
uh, just based off that, I don't fuck with him. Yeah. And it's yeah. harsh, but it's just the reality of where we stand within social media because we deal with headlines nowadays. I think, I think this holds more weight in particular as opposed to, let's say, like, if it was a girl... Because I think we're just so desensitized to seeing like everything, like women come forward, me too, like time's up, yeah. whatever. Agreed. Like we see this every day. So this whole Gosha thing kind of, it opens your eyes a little bit more because it's like, oh, like it can happen to dudes too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not saying that like girls aren't going through this. Yeah. No, not at all. No, yeah, dude, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You don't hear this, especially no. in high fashion. Yeah. So that's why like. It's Maybe in like the Catholic Church. Yeah, oh, okay. this is exactly why this yeah. shit is so serious because yeah. we don't normally see that of the male, or at least we don't hear about it. Exactly, we don't hear about it. It probably happens, but we just don't. Hear He's about n- it. males are never the the the, the standing the figure within like sexual allegations or that of like whatever the fuck Gosha is doing. Then that's why we call him Gosha Sandusky because it is so fucking rare to see an event like this happen. And it's almost like if it happens, it's true because of how rare it is that we ever see these things sort of yeah. take place because you would never expect that of people in the streetwear industry. Now, I'm not going to say anything about Russia, but <laughs> but within the streetwear industry to see that of something like this manifest. And it's very, very odd. But yeah. obviously we take our our sort of um, reservations about it. We say like, oh shit, like that's kind of off-putting. The same way we did with ASAP Barin and Vilone. It's just like, ooh, like where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like we can't, you know, we can't fully cancel whoever that is because it's it's either you're guilty or you're innocent. There's no in the middle. So with Gosha, it's the same thing. It's like, Ah, you're still in this gray area, and we're yes. just gonna deal with it's, you. It's leaning on our own towards, We're leaning accord. towards not fucking with you, so we're like, yeah, uh, yeah. And that's just how it goes, man. It's 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 insane that we sort of deal with with people and companies on that sort of basis, right? We talked about how we dealt with Adidas and the Kanye thing, right? Mm-hmm. Kanye said some outlandish things. We deal with Adidas on that sort of same basis of like, all right, is this something that we wear? Is this something that we approve of because of the comments that this person who represents the brand did? Mm-hmm. And the same goes for that of a Gosha. The same goes for that as an ASAP Bari is... You know, we never really thought like this. We never really thought like this person represents that of this brand. We only thought of when does this, if this brand says something fucked up, then we think about whether or not we want to fuck with this brand. Yeah. We don't yeah. ever talk about that of influencers. We don't ever talk about that with like brand. But we should. Yeah, we should. Now we should, right? Because mm-hmm. these brands are basically the ones that are, you know, buying into these people so they have to know what they're about you know yeah well that being said like adidas is looking into the allegations of so course yeah I think that's yeah i saw smart, that you know like as a company they got to like they had to have to like, save their ass you know oh so. nowadays you have to save your ass yeah. yeah it doesn't matter like to what extent your allegation is or you know how true or how false it is even if it is a face a false allegation adidas or nike whoever the big name brand that's backing that of what this influencer or person does they're going to look into it because nobody wants to be associated with that of these type of people and it's insane (laughs) it's crazy and you know it's just sort of touching on god damn it and sort of it's sort of describing (laughs) what that of gosha did you know when we think about gosha's upbringing it's very organic right it's Mm -hmm. very true to the people like me and me and nate in regards to our come up it's like we study the industry we create stuff based off the industry right we we connect with people within the industry and we do our own self-promotion and we try to expose a culture that wasn't necessarily you know highlighted prior to us being here right and that's what gosha did right they he gets his connection through comedy garçon and um, that of uh, what's the other place called? Shit, I always forget. Dover Street. Dover Street Dover Market, Street. right? He gets those buy-ins. He gets the buy-ins within fashion shows and fashion weeks, and it becomes who he who he is. He has fashion uh, runway shows and stadiums, and produces um, clothing lines based off of uh, of. St- 
he bases his streetwear off of like streetwear culture and, and all this other shit and he's doing amazing but everybody has a short shortcoming yeah and god damn it i it's very unfortunate that it had to be him and i think that's why it's so extreme right now because you wouldn't think that he would be the type to have this type of allegation towards him yeah you know true or false or not like streetwear he's russian he's 34 you know like at the peak of his career whatever like something's bound to happen that's just the culture like you're doing so well you're gonna have to like slip up eventually it's it sucks though but i think i don't think it's about fucking up i think it's about people exposing something that it was kind of questionable mm-hmm. right we think about kevin hart and the oscars and him saying very flagrant th- comments towards that of a community that is very very sensitive so it's like and rightfully so yeah exactly yeah. so if you say something in the past that is very very questionable and and maybe you've apologized for it a, a dozen times already is it something to bring up that when you become when you're on you know what i mean that's yeah. something that everybody goes through when they become famous it's it's like a trend. Like yeah. if you're, if you don't, I, and I feel like we all have our sort of questionable moments, right? Like if you go back to Twitter, our Twitter accounts, maybe five years ago for bo- all three of us, <laughs> there's some questionable shit that we wish we could have deleted. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure there is. And that just goes to show that when you become famous, when you become that guy, when you become influential, People want to attack you for that reason yeah. because they want to find your shortcoming and why you shouldn't be in that position because they wish that they were, yeah. you know, and it's very Definitely. unfortunate. But, you know, with the evidence provided in that of Gosha's case, uh, I can't advocate <laughs> for this guy. I'm sorry, but the fucking evidence is just too slick. It's too slick. It's a no for me. It's dog. too. You have a pic. All right, let me let me outline it for those who are listening. You have a WhatsApp chat message, right? You have Gosha basically asking, like, hey, can you take a picture? The kid sends a selfie. You see the little selfie. He then asks, like, yo, can you send a shirtless selfie? And he's like, I don't know if I can. I'm with my parents. And the, Gosha goes, oh, don't worry about your parents. Like, just go away from them for a little bit. Go to the bathroom and send, send me a picture. And the kid sends it. And then Gosha sends a picture of his face. It's all bad. I'm sorry, but it is all bad. Yeah, and I'm, it is. And I'll, I'll, I'll listen, uh, fans, if you're listening and you want to leave a comment in our Instagram DMs or wherever, please, if you have any sort of rebuttals on why this is not true, please send that to us because as of right now, we are on the side of the justice system. I'm and this so shit sorry is not this was fair. so like political. No, it's 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 good. It's good. I think I think it's important that we talk about these things, you know what I'm saying? This Especially is like yeah. This is a part of it. Yeah, it's a it's a part of streetwear that rarely gets talked about because it's a topic that never really gets brought up or like yeah. you don't yeah. really see in the headlines, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's not something that we traditionally cover, but with a little bit of alcohol, I think that we have the courage to to, to step in and say yeah. like, Gosha, you are fucked up. This this process of what you do is not very well thought through. Mm-hmm. And you cannot cover your ass if you're just Instagram DMing or WhatsApping little kids or that of your prospects for your your models. You know what I mean? Like this is how you cover your shit. You know what I mean? And it's a very unfortunate representation of the brand. But if Adidas cancels it, then I think it's canceled for everybody. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know. Hmm. <sighs> what a heavy topic. Shit, what man. That took a lot of effort topic. to talk through that one. But go. I do have one more. Go ahead. Okay, say it. Not off of Gosha, no, but this like, is good. I want to see what your thoughts are. This is super new, but Go. today, did you guys hear about Farfetch acquiring Stadium Goods for $250 I saw that. million? I saw that. How do you feel about that? Okay, so we talked about in episodes prior about this, um, people seeing the the I don't even think this is a real word, but the lucrivity. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that <laughs> Lu- word up. Lucrati- lucrativity lucrativity of that of streetwear, sure. right? Well, we we made see that up. like the uh, 
the company investing money in Supreme, five hundred million. We see that of people interested in that of stadium goods, but now an actual investor is investing in stadium goods. Yeah. So I see the importance of people seeing like from the outside world. And I think it comes a lot from the Hassan Minaj Supreme episode to see like mainstream people will see like how important that of streetwear and shoe reselling and all that shit is. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. I'm not I'm not surprised by it by it at all. I think that of stadium goods, that of uh flight club that of GOAT, that of StockX is going to continue to be influenced by that of like outside investors because they know how important like these entities are, especially a StockX. Like StockX, I, th- I feel like is the most important thing in Struer right now. Yeah. It, it, it's, it not only provides a, a space for resellers, but also provides a space for that of like people who are trying to learn shit about streetwear. And it's in a weird way, that's just what they do. But to see that of like how much how much did you say they invested? Two hundred and fifty million. Two hundred and fifty million in a company that resells sneakers is far beyond that of what could have ever happened within the industry. So I'm not surprised by it at all. I think it's a good move. Um as long as whoever this company is isn't one that invests in that of like drones that kill people, <laughs> like that of well, Supreme they're, and they're a Carlisle Group. E commerce brand. Oh. And like what okay. I read was that starting in even April, like they started selling some of Stadium Goods like products on their platform. Wait, what what is this? Farfetch? It's Farfetch. It's Farfetch is like a is it like an Etsy? I'm not super familiar, but it's like uh is it like an eBay or an Amazon? No, it's like a it's like a clothing like uh like a like a, like a yeah, kinda like that almost. Like who? Karma Loop? Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I see that. Yeah. I see that. So they're starting to sell more of their like of Stadium Goods products, so I feel like in the future sneakers will be more accessible. Which is good, you know, like yeah. you know I agree with that. We're starting to see that a lot, right? Like we see brands like if you've ever been on a brand, uh, website like Moose Limited, they sell Supreme, they sell Palace, mm-hmm. but they sell it for resale prices, right? There's a lot of sites that will, you know, buy the stock of Supreme and things that people want and sell them on their own personal sites. So that of a resale culture is becoming more and more common than we think of. And it's not traditionally turned into like that of inflated prices or that of like StockX or GOAT. But it's turning into something that's like very common amongst like a lot of like third party retailers, which is like it's pretty interesting. I would I wouldn't um I wouldn't be surprised if, if more people started to open up with that certain angle. So um on that note, I mean we've sort of man, this shit is exhausting. Yeah. Being politically correct and like trying to I almost tried to side with him, but there was nothing to right side <laughs> on. But um yeah. That was a great episode. Thank you, Melanie, for being on this episode. Episode 67. Thank you guys for listening, man. We appreciate you guys following us and listening to us on a weekly basis. We couldn't thank you guys enough for all the support, and we appreciate you guys. So be sure to follow us on all of our social platforms. Be sure to listen to us every week. And on that note, we will catch you on the next one. Yo, don't forget, if you'd like to continue the conversation, be sure to follow us at No Chance Podcast on all social platforms. And make sure to use the hashtag HeyNoChance so we can see your questions to address on future episodes. We'll catch you later. Peace. Peace.